Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, all ye faithful? Raptor fans, what's going on? I'm your host, Aid Moss, joined by my fellow colleague, Oren Weisfeld. What up, Oren? We just saw the what up? Toronto Raptors lose a game that they absolutely should have won. 130 Milwaukee Bucks, 122 Toronto Raptors. Uh, second game of a back-to-back. Second game where they played a rotation as though it was a playoff game with, I think they went seven and a half guys deep, let's say, second game in a row. Uh, Brady continued to be on fire. OG continued to be ice cold. Pascal and Scotty kind of in the middle. Frustrating loss all around, though. No uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, no Chris Middleton. Orn, thoughts? Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Um, I I feel like I cut out there. By the way, I didn't hear what you said about the rotations. Uh, after oh, that I just said it's basically like they're running a a playoff rotation. All right. Yeah. Honestly, in a lot of ways, the Raptors were the better team. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes like it's as simple as three point shooting, and and the Bucks were really hot from three. Okay, took forty attempts, which is actually like right up at their at their average. Um, you would think they would take a lot of threes with, with Giannis out and, and missing key guys, just kind of hope to play the numbers game. And they kind of did that tonight and made six more threes than the Raptors, and, and that was a big part of the story. The run they went on in the third quarter was, like, exclusively threes. It was, like, Ingles hit a couple, Brooke Lopez hit a couple, um, Allen hit that one in transition, and then they all of a sudden had, like, a 10-point lead that they never really let go. So... Three-point shooting was a huge one in this one. The Raptors outplayed them in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I'm tired of coming on here and being like, well, if the Raptors shot better from three, they would win. Like, that's kind of the issue with the team. Uh, yeah. They yeah. didn't need to shoot better from three, though. Like, the they shot 37%, which is fine. It was better than fine for the Raptors. I think, like, the Milwaukee was exceptionally hot, but it's it's almost as though... Every team seems to be exceptionally hot. And uh, a lot of these threes came as a result of poor communication on on um, on rotations, lack of aggression on closeouts, lack of aggression on the pick and rolls. Like, you know, Drew was getting wherever he wanted to and then kicking out. Uh, um, Ingles was getting wherever he wanted to and then kicking out. So it's like the – a lot of those threes were just going in, but a lot of them were a consequence of, of poor defense or lack of like coherent defense. So um, I agree with you, you know, like the first quarter they go guns blazing and they dominate the quarter. Then we go and, and we're suddenly leading and then we go quiet in the third. So it was a difference of, of three point 
makes, but it was our defense that let us down, I think. And also, and we, we can get to this, but also our offense in the fourth quarter that ultimately let us down and didn't for Milwaukee. Um, it, yeah. Do you want to talk about our offense, defense? Yeah, I kind of want to start at the end of the game when, okay. honestly, we can even go to the play-by-play here. Just some of the decisions that the Raptors made down the stretch um, weren't good enough. I mean, you you look at the play-by-play, the Raptors, Fred hit a three-pointer at 319 left. At this point, they're down two, 121-119. Raptors don't make another field goal or free throw until the game's over. That's a Scotty Barnes free throw with 20 seconds left and the game's already iced. Um, so yeah, the Raptors basically go the, the final three minutes and 20 seconds without scoring. Um, and that's the game. Like Fred made some pretty bad decisions going to the rim, getting blocked twice. twice. Um, and that's really what I, you know, other guys just missed open shots. OG had a post up that he airballed essentially. Yeah. Um, and then there was also a lot of instances of just like the Raptors would like run an action, even out of timeout. Bucks would blow up the action, and then they still have like 15 seconds on the shot clock, but like nothing to do. Like there was that one where Scotty and Fred stood behind each other, like like they didn't know where they were going. Fred ran behind Scotty. It ended in some, I think it ended in the OG shot, but like they just after they run out of their first option, they their scramble is terrible. And when we look at the box where I just I think we're getting too far away from Siakam here. Like, I understand – this was the point I wanted to bring to pod is, like, I understand the Democratic offense and everything. And on a night where Fred and Gary have it, sure. But also, you just can't let a game end where Seattle has the fewest shots out of your starters. You know know how many shots Pascal had in the fourth quarter? I don't. Two. Two shots in the entire quarter. Like, it's just he, absolutely. He got to the free throw line a bunch, and that was the thing. They couldn't stop him. But it's just, like, it's unacceptable. Like, I, I get that, you know, kickouts and stuff. But we had – and the OG post-up is a good example. Like, Scotty basically wrenched the ball away from Freddie, who was, like, like calling for the ball back, and waits for OG to get settled and gives him the ball. Like, this is the difference. Like, yeah, Freddie had a great scoring game, but like there is so many times where if that shot doesn't go in, I'm super pissed at at the at the play. And then there's other times where he's pounding the ball. Like it was the fourth time that he had the ball in the fourth quarter. And that was the one where the shot clock winded down and he just like threw it up in the air. Like he I it's very one dimensional with what he creates for this team. And it's awesome what he does, but it has to be selective. Like when he's on a f- on fire, like he was earlier in the game, go for it. But and he did have three buckets back to back to back, I think, in the fourth quarter. But defenses are going to settle in and they're going to be ready for him, and he still just continues to do the same thing. And and conversely with Pascal, he had so many potential assists tonight where he would drive and kick, and there would be a missed open three. He creates so much when he knifes into that paint. And same with Scotty, who didn't get a fair chance. Like he Scotty is always looking and can see over defenses for the open guy. And we like you're saying, when the actions die or end of game, when like when everybody's buttholes get tight and 
like we need guys who can be multidimensional in those moments. And I don't know, just watching Freddie pound the ball is just was very frustrating. Pa- Pascal's a superstar. He's got to be closing those games. We got to live and die with Pascal. Whereas I'm watching over and over, I'm watching him just kind of s- stand there on the side being like, yo, I'm, I'm kind of open. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a weird little stretch for him. We're like, I, I think people would say in response that he's not playing his best basketball and he's like, he hasn't over the past couple of weeks Pascal? played his best basketball. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like when you're the superstar and, and, you're just the most reliable player. The ball should be in your hands down the stretch. And we literally didn't see that at all today. And and that's what we've talked about all season with like role definition, right? Like we've hit on this where yeah. I love Fred and I think he's right to say that he has a different role this season than he's used to. And it has diminished from last season, but he doesn't seem to have accepted that or, or, he just doesn't seem to be able to play this role that they're asking of him because there's too many games where this happens, basically where he does make a few shots. He is playing well and he goes into like a bit of a hero ball mode and it's in his DNA and I get it. It's it's a big part of what makes him great. is just the fact that he's willing to take any shot and that he has the confidence to drive to the rim. And even in this game, he had a lot of buckets at the rim, but he he does need to take a seat a back seat on this team and he just hasn't really proven that he's either willing to or like can thrive in a smaller role yeah like he i don't really want freddie taking 28 shots in a game it's just yeah 28 and then and then pascal has 13 you just can't you can't do that and and like They'll tell you, oh, that's what the defense was giving. They were showing Pascal help, whatever. Like, I'm sure that's what they'll tell you. But even regardless of that, I didn't even see the ball in Pascal's hands at the end of the game. Make decisions to get guys in good spots. And, like, there was one play that really frustrated me was the transition one where uh, Fred got blocking. He looked off Pascal completely. It's a three on two. It's like, get it into Pascal's hands as soon as possible. Use your best finisher and decision maker in transition. And then... If he wants to pass it back, fine. But, like, always put it in his hands first. And that was just a a bad mistake there. And a big part of this is that it's it's passing generally. Like, it's not just Freddie. But, like, there's so many times in the New York game and then tonight where – and it seems, like, uniquely so that there will be an action, there will be penetration, then there's a kick out, then there's another penetration – and then another kick out, and then something happens. Like somebody's open on a baseline cut, somebody's open on the weak side three, and it looks so easy. And you're just like, and and it it feels like a miracle that it's happened with this team, but it's just normal basketball. Whereas what we mostly see with this team, and, and less so, like it ebbs and flows now more than it has in in the beginning of the season. But you go from that, whereas there's like flow and a lot of it comes from turnovers and confidence and like everybody's sharing the rock and like things are going well. And then they almost get overconfident or they panic when Milwaukee goes on a run and somebody's like, I got it. And then it just goes back into this one and done stuff. And it's just it's really ugly to watch. Um, And and everybody's guilty of it. But Freddie, I find, is particularly guilty of it. Yeah, I want to. 
shout out Phoenix Playzy, longtime listener, who says, Oren, this is nasty work. You feed the hot hand. I want him taking 28 shots if he's shooting 65% true shoot it. And he's talking about Fred tonight. And I get that. Obviously, the percentages are high. He had a great scoring night. And at the end of the game, you want to feed the hot hand. But I would just say you want to get Fred good shot. Yes. And some of those decisions he made were objectively bad. Like, you can't tell me that you want Fred looking off Pascal in transition and trying to lay it up Getting over blocked. yeah, over Drew when we've seen Fred in transition a million times and it doesn't really go well uh, when he tries to finish. So I get what you're saying, and I'm not saying Fred shouldn't have gotten any looks down the stretch. I think the whole Raptors offense was just a mess, and it ended with Fred shooting a lot of bad bailout shots um, that just weren't acceptable. And, and everyone deserves some blame. The coaching staff deserves some blame. Everyone deserves some blame for not getting guys in good spots, but Fred is the point guard, so he also deserves some blame. Yeah, and he, uh, that's, yeah. But he's kind of demonstrating that he's not the point guard, yeah. right? Like that, we're making that pretty clear. And that's, that's the thing that's is that true. Freddie. Another reason why Scotty and Pascal should be the focal points <laughs> of this team is that, like Freddie, just like we see from Gary, like Gary is a, a perfect example of a guy who is thriving off of being the third guy, right? Like being the kickouts on the weak side, being the guy who cuts off of Pascal or Scotty and getting and getting the uh, buckets quite easily. Uh, and then yeah. doing a little bit of ISO. And Freddie should be doing the same. Like he would be destroying teams if he when he if he were working more off of Scotty and Pascal, but he's not. And I, I yeah I, maybe it's not fair to rag on on Freddie when he just had 40 and like almost dragged this team to a win but it's just getting really frustrating particularly at the end of the game when it's not working and uh it's like sealing our fate yeah and g on youtube says 10 missed free throws for the raptors and og shooting terribly he was two of 13 cost them the game and we're talking about fred and that's true like i wanted to bring up the end of the game just because it was interesting and that's what everyone's focused on right now because that's how fandom works but they did lose this game in the third quarter, to G's point. Uh, and yeah, it wasn't all Fred's point, just the end of the game. was He has to take some fault for the end of the game. But yeah, this loss definitely is not on his shoulders. He had 39 no. points. Like, I, I don't mean to come off too harshly on him. I guess it's just interesting to talk about his role and some things like that. But um, we should talk about what went wrong for the Raptors more generally, I guess, which is OG shooting two of 13, which is Pascal missing five free throws, um, which is the bench contributing two points outside of Precious Achua. Uh, So only eight guys played, and Wancho and Chris Boucher had two points together. So there are other problems, and like we we hit on at the top, the Raptors, uh, the Bucks hitting a bunch of threes and the Raptors not being able to to match up with them. So yeah, I don't know. Where do you wanna where do you wanna go from there? Well, the bench is just totally confusing to me. Like I <clears throat> going into the New York game, the I thought we had had a stat. So I write about like the Charlotte Portland games. And right before the the second Charlotte game, I write about how suddenly we have this structure. We have Wancho and Coloco coming in early in the first quarter. 
Start of the second quarter, it's Gary and four bench guys, and they play pretty damn well. Precious is finally coming or coming around. He's getting his legs. They they're plus uh, in both of those games uh, against Portland's bench and 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 Charlotte's bench. And fair enough, it's Portland and Charlotte. They have some of the worst benches in the league. But it finally looked like there was balance. Like the starters played reasonable minutes. Blah 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 blah. Then we go into the third Charlotte game, and and it rotations get bumped a little bit mostly because the starters were on fire in the first quarter, so Nurse lets them run. Then we go into the Knicks game, and all of a sudden, that's all out the window. Coloco and Wancho don't pl- don't come in at all. Um, we're down to, to Boucher and Precious only with a little bit of Flynn on the side. And then we, and then, and then, and then they, the starters play 40-plus minutes in a five-period game. And then they come into tonight – on a back-to-back where the guys have probably slept like six hours, blah, 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 blah. And you have two and a half bench guys again. Like, it makes no sense to me what's going on here. Um, yeah. Especially against the Milwaukee team who's down three guys, two of their primary guys. Like, they – yeah. That, I That's just egregious to me on Nurse's part. And I have no idea what happened. It's not like we saw a really bad incident with the bench rotation – and like, oh, I can't trust him again. It's like they were playing the best they've played all season. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because uh, I had the exact same thought after Nick. I wanted to bring up this point, but then the Raptors won. And so we already talked mean enough, me and Keon yesterday, about how the Raptors, again, end of game offense was terrible last night. They just got away with it. Um, so I didn't, I didn't hit on this point, but I wanted to say the same thing, which is not exactly the same, but like they had – figured out a rotation a lot of guys were contributing uh well when they when they saw time and we've even heard like fred say that they like it when the rotations are stable he doesn't like it when he doesn't know who's coming in at what time he's he's admitted that uh, about that he that it's a disagreement with uh nick on that point and then yeah they all of a sudden change it and like I kind of understand pulling a guy like Flynn after so many games of just not being able to score. So I kind of understand. No, wanting, I disagree with wanting, Okay, but I just want to say real quick, like, but what I would do if he wanted to get Flynn out of the rotation because he wasn't playing well and sometimes you just got to change it up is put someone else in Flynn's position but keep the structure of what they're doing. So put Doughton in if you want another guy uh, to play that spot you know what I mean like put Banton into that spot give him a chance put Wieskamp in um, but don't completely shift the rotation so that we all of a sudden are, are back to square one here when like you said it never got solved like that that bo- that uh, zone they were running against Charlotte and um, Charlotte and Atlanta it never got solved ahead of the next game. So I wasn't sure why it got all of a sudden changed and Coloco was pulled from the lineup and, and all this stuff. So yeah, I, I don't like the rotation mix and matching, but that's been a problem for a Flynn, while. Flynn, I think Flynn's played some of his better <clears throat> basketball games of late. Like he's, I also wrote about this on Friday. Like he, his assist percentage has gone way up despite his usage dropping and, and, and his assist to turnover ratio has gone way up too. Like you, you see him running these pick and rolls and it's basically him and Gary are the only offense. Like there's nobody else. And he's his pocket passing out of pick and rolls and his, his control when he's getting into the lane and into traffic is so much better than what he was, which was like 
panicking into pull-ups or like kind of getting bumped and and stumbling whatever like he's been so much better and i thought he actually earned more minutes so i don't i don't i mean that whatever it doesn't really matter we can we don't need to argue about flynn but i think it's it's more symptomatic of what's going on with nurse and how he treats the bench because in my opinion flynn's been playing better yeah, he's been playing better in a lot of ways, everything other than the scoring. He just hasn't been making shots recently, but whatever. We don't need to argue about the, the exact yeah. Lynn point because uh, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying, but also he hasn't been impacting the game enough for me to be like he has to play or anything like that, especially when you have so many guys who you can try on this bench. Like Thad Young hasn't played in like five games or something. So it's just a general point about even Wancho had a comment the other day that was like, why Why do you think you guys are being playing better? And he said, like, everyone's involved. Like, they were running 10-11 deep for a while. And everyone was involved and everyone was contributing. And, yeah, it's a weird decision to all of a sudden against a Milwaukee team that doesn't have Giannis or Middleton to go to this really tight rotation. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, weird decisions. Weird decisions. Lost a must-win game. And also, but this one I do want to say was on the starters. Like, plus minus is not a perfect stat, but look at it. Like, all the bench guys, like, were positive. The When when the Bucks went on their big runs, it was the start of the game, and it was the start of the third quarter. Yeah. Which is too uh, – and, and we've seen this enough times, too, where it's like the small starting lineup just doesn't work against certain teams like a Brook Lopez. And it didn't or even, work tonight. Or even with Drew Holiday, who was just kind of like they had Scotty on him, who was too slow to begin with. And then they I think they had Freddie and Gary go at him and they were just too small. He was just working around them. Exactly. Uh, and there was no help at the rim either because you know, Brooks yeah. facing you out to five. And there's yeah, that, no help at the rim, and guys are just letting Drew I, I was frustrated with just letting Drew just not knowing the scout really, like let Drew shoot don't let him get to the basket, especially early on. And they were just kind of up on him too much. He was pushing them, getting to the basket. And then once he's at the basket, it's kind of game over. He's really strong and crafty. So, yeah, there was there was a little bit of just silly defense individually in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Camino says the league has figured out our defensive schemes. It. I've heard this said a lot. Um it do you do you agree with that like it it teams seem to be shooting i would like i'd be interested at the opponent three-point percentage against us this year it it seems to be high and sometimes it's variation on like just luck but it does seem that guy that teams are finding the corners on us very often um and hitting a high percentage of them yeah the corners is definitely high just like it was last year um that's that's the scheme has always kind of allowed for corner threes yeah um but the rim protection numbers are also bad which is like if you're going to give up threes you want to take away stuff at the rim and the raptors don't do either so yeah it's it's a defensive i don't know if it's a scheme problem i think it's just they don't have a rim protector problem like especially in their starting lineup and i want us to talk about precious this seems like a natural like it is a luxury to have him and he made some defensive mistakes today for sure, like on some of those Lopez pick and pops. Early. But he was still just 
their best rim protector. He felt really crucial in the stretches where they went on runs as a defensive player. And it's a luxury that they have him to kind of, when OG's on the bench or Siakam or Barnes is on the bench, you can just put him in there and not really feel any slip up. In fact, like the defense gets better in a lot of ways. So shout out to Precious because I thought he was the only one really defending tonight. He should have closed the game. I agree. I was a little bit surprised at that. OG, like, and, and I've said this the exact thing too, is like, I want accountability across the board. Anyone should be liable to like be pulled from the game, maybe other than Pascal. Uh, and this was probably a night where pressure should have closed for OG. Um, it didn't happen, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's a scheme issue as much as it's just like a personnel issue for me. Yeah. The only thing I'll say about the scheme, and I'm getting a little bit tired of it too, but it's how we attack closeouts. Like it's just, it's just tiresome to watch the our our guys like just jump at pump fakes, and then it's like it's almost like I'm watching World War One on the defensive side. It's just like war of attrition of guys going at pump fakes until there's nobody left to to jump at pump fakes anymore, and then, so I think that as a scouting scheme has become very evident like and i think the raptors are told to jump and to force them off the line right but i don't but so often it's unnecessary and it leads to immediate breakdowns and that's what's been really frustrating with me um yeah no that's that is a part of their scheme like that i know for a fact is something that they tell players that they want to do if it's a good enough shooter they want them flying by them and uh basically jumping at the shot and not everybody right you got to pick and choose yeah that that's the that's the thing you have to it is a personnel based thing for sure but i i don't know to me tonight was more so about the bucks just being hot and hitting some really tough shots uh all game and like like man their starters shot the heck out of the ball uh yeah. from 3 so My, some yeah, yeah like Kudos to them for shooting really well. The Raptors had their moments in this game where they could have pulled it out. Like in the end of the second quarter, they could have up 10. broke that lead right open. A few things didn't go their way. Pascal turned it over to Drew, uh, who took it the length of court, whatever. Oh, that one sucked. So well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm about done with this one. How about you? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Do you want to name your Canon Taxman of the Night? Can Taxman something probably from the people. Well, Gary was really good. Gary was good. Gary. Yeah, and, and Scotty got it last night. I just want to say quickly on Scotty that I'm just happy that he's playing this way. I saw a tweet today that was like Scotty Barnes in the month of over the last four weeks, like stat these stats, and it's like the haters are really quiet. It's like. I would have been considered a hater to that tweet, but it's like, are we quiet because like we're mad or are we quiet because the guy who we thought was capable of doing this is now doing the things that he's been capable of all along. Like I'm happy for God, but I'm not surprised that he's doing this. I'm, it's just like a thing where he's always had this in him and he, it's finally clicking and everything's coming together. And it's, and that's really nice. Um, that's probably the biggest thing for the Raptors that, that has turned in the last little while is Scotty's play. But Gary, 28 points, um, four of nine from three, four steals. 
and got Brooke Lopez tossed from this game on a silly play. And honestly, they should have won from that Brooke Lopez toss. Like the fact that Milwaukee still won the game is pretty sad. But Gary Trent Jr., Canam Tax Man of the Night, go to canamtax.com or call the number at the top of your screen, and they're, they're going to do your taxes for you. They're going to get you money back. I, I had the same reaction when I read that tweet, and because maybe defensive reaction, but I also agree. It's that it's an, it comes from, it's not trade Scotty, he's a bum. It's where is Scotty? I know he's capable of so much more. And, yeah. And that's what, that's what like, uh, what's the term, but just like positive criticism is right. It's not so anyway, but, but, and it is nice to see him. I mean, 13 rebounds is amazing. He's played really well. I love him at center. Like, I think that's kind of the way to go moving forward for now, especially, and also running him as a, a screener in the pick and rolls. Um, yeah, he had he had a very good game, and again, like yeah. I, if anything, I was frustrated that we didn't go to him more, and I feel like he might have been frustrated too. And Gary, I mean, two games in a row where Gary's just completely frozen out of the offense. Down yeah, the stretch fourth quarter. I I was saying that in the Knicks game last night. Like, I don't think Gary touched the ball for both quarters. He wasn't even near the ball. He was, he was crazy. Dude. He was standing in a corner for the whole fourth and, quarter. Uh, honestly, again, going back to Freddie, like. You're the point, like you said, you're the point guard. Like, that is your responsibility to find the guys who are hot and to get them yeah. the ball in the in the positions to score. Like, that it is. And when to be fair, when, point guard is just a title and uh, it's, well, it's on Scotty, it's on, on Scotty, and it's on Pascal, I think, to get him involved. Yeah, but that, but there, it's on certain players more than others. And sorry, I, and, this is hilarious. I just noticed that on ESPN, they call Fred a shooting guard. <laughs> In addition to Gary, that's fine. and that's the they thing. It's, no that, point guard. I think that is part of this problem. And it, and you know, Freddie, when Freddie is at earlier in the season, when he was at like nine, 10, 11 assists, like that's a better Freddie for us, I think. And he's running he's pick and there was a while there he's running pick and roll. He wasn't hitting a shot, so he's always like looking to pass. Like I think we're just so much a much better team when we're like that. And you can see Scotty do it. Like Scotty's eyes are always up. He's always just waiting to rifle a pass to somebody somewhere. And Scotty doesn't have the ball enough for that to be um, a constant thing. It's got to be somebody else like Freddie. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out to OG for being our enforcer. I love that he is the most unreactive, silent killer. Like he's always in the middle Wait, of the yeah. phrase. And sometimes he's the guy causing the phrase. And I love that so much. Like that's the role he he should play. Yeah, he needs to play better. But uh, yes, he does. Like over over like weeks now, he hasn't been. Uh, his, at his confidence best. looks shook. Yeah, it does. Like he he looked pissed at the end of the game, and I'm not sure if Brooke Lopez got under his skin, but he just looked like pissed. Um, yeah. not himself, but whatever. I think I, saw I gotta I gotta go. But Grayson Allen is really fun to hate on. I, I called him the B word many times during this game. So uh um, he, he's too good though. It, it's kinda like annoying. It's like a Tyler hero. Like those guys both like piss me off, but they both score on the Raptors quite a bit. Okay, quickly answer this question, then you can go. Uh, Phoenix asks Oren, thoughts on trading this year's pick, but add the lottery protections in a Yakub Pirtle trade. 
I'd much rather trade next year's pick with lottery protections because this year's pick is just I, like there is a real scenario where they do that and then they like end up 15th and they basically give like the pick right outside of the lottery kind of thing. And I don't want to be in that position. Yeah, this pick is just too juicy. Uh, and I also just I'm getting to a point where I don't think I think they're going to be in the lottery. So it's yeah. like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and also, I've been thinking about Pirtle. He's a free agent this summer. Why don't you just make enough cap space for Pirtle by trading some of these bench guys and go after him in free agency? Like, he's or a Toronto guy. He likes Pascal. Yeah, it makes sense that he would have some interest in that. So I would not give up this year's pick. Yeah, All right. I'm uh, kind of in agreement. Okay, you enjoy your night. I'm also going to go eat dinner. Cheers, everybody. Thanks right. for att- attending Another tough loss. The Toronto Raptors play on uh, Thursday, Thursday against Minnesota. Minnesota Timberwolves. Another team whose fans are probably panicking and shiting. Another their fans. very winnable game, though, that yes. they should probably win. Yeah. So uh, we'll see you all Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Have a excellent evening.